Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Objective Health. I am your host, Doug, and with me today are my co-hosts, Elliot and Tiff. Hello. Hello. And in the background, as usual, on the ones and twos, is Damien. Hello. So today we are going to be talking about something that's been kind of rocking the news world recently, Uh, what's happening in Israel at the moment. Um, So basically what happened is um, some gentlemen uh, did a study where they were kind of looking at the numbers that were kind of released to the public on what's going on just as far as uh, mortality figures go. And what they essentially uncovered is that since the uptake of the vaccine, which has been quite uh, prevalent in Israel, uh, I believe it's at 53% of the country is currently vaccinated, Um, they found that in that period, in that time period where the vaccinations were happening, the death rate kind of went through the roof. Uh, so what they're saying is that the death, the, the, the vaccine is actually causing these deaths. I mean, I don't know if they actually come out and say that, but that's basically what, what can be interpreted from this. Um, so it basically happened. There was a, an, a front page article in a, a publication called France Soir, um, and they were reporting on the findings from uh, the Nakim website, and that's where these authors um, were publishing their material. The authors were Dr. Hervé Seligman, um, and who's the he's at uh, A Marseille uh, University Faculty of Medicine, uh, Emerging Infectious and Tropical Diseases, and an engineer named Haim Yativ. And I apologize for my pronunciation if I'm pronouncing those things incorrectly. Um, but they were looking at, like I said, they were looking at the numbers, um, and all the shots in, um, in Israel are Pfizer. Um, and the big kind of headline grabber was that they were claiming that the Pfizer shot causes mortality hundreds of times greater in young people compared to mortality from coronavirus without the vaccine and dozens times more deadly in the elderly when the documented mortality from coronavirus is in the vicinity of the vaccine dose, thus adding greater mortality from heart attack and stroke. So, yeah, essentially saying the mortality has gone way up, uh, hundreds of times greater than the mortality just from the coronavirus on its own. Um, Their findings were published on kind of this weird uh, website that's a combination of Hebrew and English. Um, Damien, maybe you can pick, uh, pull that up. It's nakim.org, um, just so people can kind of see it. It's a really like ghetto-looking website, but... Um, sorry, yeah, there's two links. That's right. It's the one, um, the uncovering of the vaccination data in Israel reveals a frightening picture. Okay. Um, so they go into a lot of detail... Uh, in that, in the, in the different things that they were able to deduce from the numbers that were given. Um, some of those things, they said that those vaccinated um, above 65 um, die, uh, 0.2% died during the three-week period between doses, hence about 200 among 100,000 vaccinated. Uh, this is to be compared with the 4.91 dead among 100,000 dying from COVID without the vaccination. So just a comparison of those two numbers. Without the, before the vaccination, it was five, 4.91 dead among 100,000. And then once the vaccinations started up, it jumped up to 200 among 100,000. 
Um, and it also extends to that. That was the 60, above 65 group. And the below 65, probably which is the most shocking, um, for the five weeks during the complete vaccination process, 0.05%, meaning 50 among 100,000 died. This can be compared to 0.19 uh, per 100,000 dying from COVID and that are not vaccinated in that age group. So again, the comparison is uh, 0.5% to 0.19%. So that's a pretty huge jump. Um, so the death rate among this group increased to 260 during this uh, five-week period. Um, and they also said that estimated numbers of deaths from the vaccine are probably much lower than actual numbers, as it only accounts for those defined as COVID-19 deaths for that short time period and does not include AVC uh, and cardiac or other events resulting from the inflammatory reactions. So this is quite the bombshell. Um, because it's it's basically showing that they can pretty definitively say that this is because of the vaccine, unless there's some other kind of thing that could could possibly account for this. But it looks like it is the the vaccine that's causing this. So essentially, what they're saying is the vaccine is killing people. Yeah, and, that was my takeaway from it. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you look at the numbers of younger people who are dying. I mean, yeah. with old people, you can say, oh, they're dying from this or that other cause that other old people usually die from. But young people who are supposedly healthy and in the prime of their lives are dying after taking this vaccine. Like, what other conclusion can you reach once you look at the information and the graphs and the data and all that? I mean, if you still have some brain cells that are working, that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and um, whether but, this is... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tiff. No, go ahead, because we can get into this a little bit deeper as far as the, the wider implications of it. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, whether this is due to a vaccine side effect, so whether this is adverse reaction to the vaccine or whether this is increased susceptibility to getting some other kind of an infection or developing worsening of a virus or something, it's really kind of difficult to say. It doesn't look as though they've they've kind of differentiated as to whether these are kind of, it's the vaccine causing the death, like directly, mm -hmm. or whether it's an indirect effect of the vaccine on the immune system which makes them die from some other cause which which they wouldn't have ordinarily kind of died of now both of those things implicate the, implicate the vaccine being kind of somewhat right. causally related um but exactly how it's killing these people like they don't actually know it doesn't look like no mm -hmm. yeah the crazy thing of it is just the fact that the, and they kept on reiterating this is that the vaccinations have caused more deaths than the coronavirus would have caused during the same time period. So it's it's kind of like, you know, when that hits the front page, it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, it's like everybody's so, we've been kind of primed to be absolutely terrified of the horrible deaths that are going on because of the coronavirus. And now you're telling us that the vaccinations are causing even more of that? Uh, you know, the, when the cure is worse than the disease, it's like you really have to start asking yourself some questions. And I know there have been a number of protests happening in, happening in Israel, uh, both because of the lockdown, but also because of the coercive measures 
that have been put in place for the vaccine. Um, they've been really ramping up. I mean, it's not just the propaganda, although that's been pretty crazy as well. I saw some ad that uh, had Bibi sitting there telling everybody to come and get their vaccine and telling, oh, there's nothing to worry about. It's all totally safe. But then they get headlines like this going on. But also just the, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the Green Pass that was going on in mm-hmm. Israel that they instituted, that basically it was essentially a vaccine passport, but not just a passport for like travel. It was for like everything. Like if you've had your vaccine, then you can go to the store. You can, you know, you could, there were certain seats on the beach that were like reserved for people who have been vaccinated. Anybody not vaccinated couldn't use the seats. So it's yeah. really, you know, it's, it's ironic that the Israelis are basically uh, complaining about an apartheid state that uh, is being inst- instituted for uh, those who are not vaccinated. I found that quite ironic. Yes, and even further than that, I mean, you can say that Israel's somewhat serving as a test case for totally all these uh, this vaccine trial. I think it was the CEO of Pfizer. Yeah, uh, was his name Albert Borla? Yeah, who said that Israel is uh, is basically their lab, so they're testing out probably not just the vaccine on Israel, but as like the restrictive measures and the green passports and anything that they can do to kind of cement this totalitarian state is not just going to stay in Israel. Of course, it's going to move all over the world. So we can look to Israel, what is happening right now as to what the future will be in other countries. Yeah. In fact, uh, there was an article by uh, Gilad Atzman. Um, Maybe you can pull that one up, Damien was called Hot Off the Press, Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla admits Israel is the world's lab. Really kind of mm-hmm. chilling the way he, he, he's quoted in the, in the article as saying, I believe Israel has become the world's lab right now because they're using only our vaccine at this state and have vaccinated a very big part of their population so we can study both economy and health indices. So yeah, like you were saying, Tiff, he basically has, has said, yeah, you know, this is, this is our grand experiment. Israel is our... Uh, our our lab they're all the the guinea pigs yeah it's interesting the way that he phrases that because he really gives the impression that um there's there's very little humanity in the way in the way that he's describing it he's basically describing it as though the country is made up of inanimate objects which are there in Mm -hmm. some kind of physics or engineering experiment yeah right it's like yeah okay so uh so yeah we're gonna get some good data here uh, interesting to see how this goes. You know, it's not as if people are dying. People are dying, right? And they're, they're, they're dying because of the bloody vaccine. Um, but it doesn't seem as though he's particularly concerned about that outcome. No. Uh, so, yeah, it is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I mean, it's such a short time as well, right? So it's only been a couple of months that this has kind of been rolled, rolled out and it's continuing to pick up steam so israel are likely going to be you know i wouldn't be surprised if if the population accept it i wouldn't be surprised if over the next month or two months or three months they they kind of reach 80 percent, right and if we've seen so many deaths or so many kind of adverse events or increased risk of dying uh in such a short time we've spoken about this several occasions on other shows that a lot of the potential negative side effects of these mRNA vaccines, they're not likely, or they're, they're theoretically, they're, they're not going to be something which 
comes on immediately, right? So if we're looking at the risk of autoimmunity, which there's many doctors and specialists who are advising that this is a very real possibility, that an mRNA vaccination can cause severe um, autoimmune conditions of various types and forms. Uh, but autoimmune conditions, generally, they, they don't occur immediately, right? They might not even occur in a month or two months after a vaccine. It could take a year to actually manifest. So that we've seen so many bad effects already. You know, it's, it's, uh, I really I dread to think how bad it's going to be this time next year. Um, because some of those side effects, some of those adverse health outcomes you can guarantee that they're not going to be immediate and they're not even going to appear within the first one or two months, but they are going to be long-term. They're going to be insidious. So again, it's definitely not looking good for Israel. Uh, I would like to say that it was only Israel who was doing this, but it's not. No. Uh, there's several other countries who are kind of following in their footsteps. And, uh, and the data coming out from these other countries is also painting a very similar picture. Um, there was a, an excellent article um, titled British and Israeli government data confirm COVID-19 vaccine risk. Infections increase in the fortnight after the jab. So this particular article, it was published on a website called Unity News Network. And it's talking about very similar um, information we've just spe been speaking about in Israel. But it's also citing other data which is coming out. From other countries, um, the first that comes to mind is uh, the UK. It's talking about Gibraltar, uh, British enclave of Gibraltar. This was supplied the Pfizer vaccine on the 16th of January. And they uh, very quickly uh, applied that or, or vaccinated many of the elderly on the island. Um, and it says that suddenly this tiny state, home to 33,000 developed the worst COVID mortality in the world. So um, before deploying the vaccine, they went from having nine deaths in total out of 33,000. Um, fast forward to January, they, um, they developed almost 100, right? Uh, I think that was over January and February. So basically, they've gone from very few deaths to all of a sudden uh, loads of people dying. And this was after they had been given the vaccine. Now, the health minister of Gibraltar uh, denied the claims that the vaccine was killing people, but eventually admitted that some of the deaths had occurred in people who had been vaccinated. Yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. what they've been finding, interestingly enough, is, <laughs> is that although the coronavirus vaccine is meant to prevent covid deaths uh it seems as though in some cases it's doing the opposite and potentially <laughs> making people more susceptible to developing some kind of infection at least whether it's covid or whether it's the flu or whatever and um and it's not uh these people generally do not have good health outcomes um there's another set of information coming from the united Amir arab emirates now the uae they have been another country which have kind of swiftly deployed vaccines. They've One of the aims has been that they will be the first country in the world to achieve 100% vaccination of eligible adults. Um, unfortunately, they, they also see an saw an increase in deaths um, 
but they attri- attributed this to mutant strains instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's the case. But didn't Fauci say that the vaccine is supposed to be effective against these mutant strains? Isn't that one of his claims? Well, maybe his his uh, propaganda didn't <laughs> breach the UAE, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they really yeah, they, they get on the ball with that. The, well, they yeah, you can't expect them to all get their story straight, you know, across countries. <laughs> the Sorry, go ahead, Elliot. No, I was just going to say there was a, a study um, done by Public Health England, and um, that showed a 48% rise in infections after the first dose of the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Um, so it would seem as though... There does seem to be a relationship between getting the vaccine and dying. Yeah, yeah. it does seem yeah. that way. Well, maybe we can actually pull up the uh, some of the graphs that were in that uh, Gilad uh, oh, yeah. Atzman, uh, Atzman article. Um, in the, the kind of the first set of graphs he has there, these are four countries that have started an aggressive uh, vaccination campaign. So he's covering Israel, UAE, UK, and Portugal. And it is, um, they're kind of small, but I don't know if you can zoom in on them, Damien. But um, you can kind of see where he puts a line where the, uh, the vaccination campaign started. And it's kind of like they're all experiencing a dip. They're all kind of in a low area. And then as soon as that vaccination campaign starts you see both in the graph of cases and the graph of deaths it's like a sharp Mm -hmm. increase it's like it makes the thing look like a half pipe in israel anyway like suddenly it's like everything's going down then all of a sudden roll right back up again in uh, uae it's like as far as cases go it's almost like a wall you know it's almost like a directly Mm -hmm. vertical line uh uk has something similar portugal something similar again so and it's like it's it's both cases and deaths. So it's kind of like, you well, know. Go ahead. One of the not so funny things about this is that this is not anything that's new. I wish I would have thought ahead of time to prepare some graphs or find some graphs that show the same thing like with polio, for example. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, people get in polio and then the cases start to go down, then they introduce the vaccine, cases go right back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Same with smallpox. Same, I don't know. But polio is the first one that came to mind. So this is not anything that's new within the history of medical vaccine campaigns. This is kind of to be expected. Another interesting thing, actually, the graph below um, that one is of Palestine. And this is, again, (laughs) not so funny, but kind of funny. The, the graph, mm-hmm. if you compare Israel to Palestine, which is essentially the same place, um, the difference being that Palestine is ridiculously more crowded. So you would think that the disease rate would be, the, the cases rate would be much higher there. There mm-hmm. just, theirs just continues on that downward slope. It's like it's following the natural disease progression where it's like you have a spike and then more and more people become immune to it and you have fewer and fewer cases showing up and you see a natural declining of of the disease. Same and, below mm-hmm. as well for Jordan. For Jordan as well, right. And mm-hmm. you compare that to Israel and the UK and the UAE and it's the exact opposite. It's like that that downward slope is suddenly cut right off 
and it, it shoots right back up again. So it's like, you know, it's just the, the fact that, that Israel and Palestine are, you know, basically, they're right there. They're right beside each other. You can't, you don't have another explanation for that, you know? Yeah. Um, the particular graph looking at the UK, I mean, it's really, it's really concerning because um, as he mentions in this article, the UK launched the max vaccination campaign on the 7th of December, right? And and the graph shows the 7th of December, right? That is r- really like a, a trough, right? That's that's where it's coming back down. And then from the 7th of, De- of December, it just spikes. It spikes. And it's such a clear... Like, there's something which just calls that, you know? <laughs> I mean, the data really speaks for itself. Uh, you don't have to be a statistician to be able to see that there's a pretty solid correlation between the countries who launch max vaccination, mass vaccination campaigns and this second spike, right? This second spike towards kind of like mid to late winter um, coming into spring. Uh, when you contrast that with the countries who didn't uh, complete that or di- didn't do mass vaccinations, you look at, say... Um, I think there was a much uh, smaller graph. It's quite difficult to see, but it's looking at Germany, Germany, and then also it's looking at France, um, and they've not had anywhere near the uptake of, in vaccination as uh, the other countries that we've spoken about. And you see that their their levels have have kind of naturally come down, very gradually gone down, as you would expect. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of this information is not going to be shared except on alternative news sites. So this information is not getting passed to the general public or the people who just, uh, I don't know if anybody reads mainstream newspapers anymore, but if they watch the mainstream (laughs) news, like the people who are behind what is going on also own all the media companies and, of course, it's not going to get reported. And then you have the censorship uh, on Facebook and uh, YouTube and all of those other places that if anybody does post anything discussing the increase in deaths, they get censored, they get shouted down, they get called anti-vaxxers and it's just not being shared. I don't think the average person is going to know any of this. There are people I know still talking about getting the vaccine or talking about having had the vaccine. So people are still lining up. Mm -hmm. People are still chomping at the bit. Yeah. Well, one thing that uh, this kind of does point out with, everything that is going on in Israel, like the high death rates and the the green passport being rolled out. And actually the writers of that uh, first article that we started off talking about, Doug, uh, what was his name? Chaim Nativ and Dr. Seligman. They actually came out and said that this is a new Holocaust. Those were their words. Yeah. So, one thing that this should do, I know that there are people who think that worldwide jewelry, jewelry is behind like all of this COVID nonsense that's going on right now. But this is proof that it obviously is not because yeah. the Israelis are getting devastated and killed by this vaccine and their freedoms are being taken away. Probably worse 
than a lot of other people or a lot of other countries right now. So I think that um, probably the last thing that the average person living in Israel would have expected is to be holocausted yeah. in their own land that was set up especially for them by their fellow Jews. Yeah. So, yeah. Is yeah. this like a case of out of the frying pan and into the fire? Well, and as you kind of pointed out earlier before the show, Tiff, you know, look look into the history mm. of Pfizer, too. Mm-hmm. Won't say anything more about that. World War II, Pfizer. Um, well, I mean, if you looked at World War II and looked at um, IG Farben and the mm. other big chemical companies that had a big role to play during World War II, I mean, is Pfizer modern-day IG Farben? Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is too, you know, the 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 spin that's kind of being put on this uh, in the mainstream mm-hmm. media. You know, apparently the uh, that guy Bourla, who was the um, the CEO of Pfizer, um, was actually asked by NBC News whether um, one could infect others after receiving the two doses of the vaccine, and he said. Uh, it is something that needs to be confirmed, and the real-world data that we are getting from Israel and other studies will help us to understand this better. In other words, he doesn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite the, they, the way that they're coercing everybody into getting this is, is saying that, essentially that, that, you know, by getting this vaccine, you are uh, no longer going to be uh, in danger of spreading it to anybody else. Everything, you know, will be fine. But... Um, it's just proving once again that this is just an experiment. They don't know. They have mm-hmm. no idea. I think they suspect or they have their own wish list, perhaps, yeah. if you want to be completely evil about it. But seeing it play out in real time, that's the data that they're wanting to collect, whether it be just for duping delight or they just want to see mm-hmm. what their creation has wreaked upon the world. Um, so, Yeah. But um, Go on. one of the things about the, um, in Israel, again, about the protests, you know, it's curious that the people who are protesting are calling for more government transparency. But to my eyes, the government is being entirely transparent. I mean, not just the sort government of. of Israel, but <laughs> governments all around the world. I mean, they don't come right out and say that we mean you harm, but everything that they're doing shows that they do not have your best interests at heart. So to ask for government transparency from a government who's intent on harming you is kind of strange for me. I will say, though, about um, protests in general, to ask your uh, people who are imposing tyranny on you to lighten up a little bit is a little <laughs> silly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a good point. But, uh, the one good thing about protests is that if you think that you're alone and thinking that bad things are happening, this is kind of like social proof of that. Um, and it also lets the government know that we know that you're up to no good, but to think that, you know, they're going to stop just because you asked them to mm. is kind of not realistic. Well, if we go over to the U S um, there was an article, actually, it was on the same website, that Nakeem.org site, um, and it's uh, post-vaccination mortality in the USA, unusual proportion of deaths in reports on vaccine reactions from January 2021. 
So here they're going into the VAERS database, which is a vaccine adverse events reaction summary? Reporting system. Reporting system. That's it. Yeah, reporting system. And just to quote a couple of lines from that. So in January 2021, 456 post-vaccination deaths were reported, which is unusually high. In January 2020, VAERS reported only 14 post-vaccination deaths and 166 deaths for the whole year of 2020. So to say those numbers again, in January of 2021, 456 post-vaccination deaths compared to January 2020, it was only 14, and the entire year of 2020 was 166. Okay. Overall, percentages of deaths according to age classes for January 2021 resemble those observed for previous years. However, the main difference is that the systematically much higher percentages of deaths, up to 150 times higher for age class 60 to 69. Uh, This suggests highly dangerous adverse effects of the mRNA-based vaccine technology as compared to classical vaccines. So that's just, you know, it's just the VAERS database, right? So it's like those are specifically about um, vaccine, uh, poor reactions to the vaccine. So they're mm-hmm. just, just comparing this vaccine to classical vaccines, right? That's not even comparing mm-hmm. the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. That's just comparing different types of vaccines. So that's just saying that these mRNA-based vaccines are killing people at way higher rates than what classical mm-hmm. vaccines are doing. You know, and we've been saying on this show for ages, we don't trust these vaccines, these mRNA things. Oh, man, these are untested. Mm-hmm. You know, these are this mm-hmm. is basically brand new technology. And anybody who's getting that is really taking a risk. You know, I've always been saying if people are kind of hell bent on getting it, I'm I, like, wait, at least wait. Take a look at what's happening. You know, don't don't just mm-hmm. run in there and be this isn't a new, the new iPhone. Right. You don't have to be an early adopter on this one. Just like, you know, let it go for a bit. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's pretty shocking. But the thing is, we've been talking about the dangers of vaccines for, <laughs> for so many years, you know. Mm. Um, and this is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. This is a whole other kettle of fish. I mean, we thought the other ones were bad. A bit of mercury, a bit of aluminium, a bit of thimerosal here and there, some... You know, some aborted fetal tissue mm-hmm. cells. Well, um, it seems as though that stuff didn't even scratch the surface. In mm. in in relation and, to these mRNA technology, this stuff is really dangerous. And also keep in mind that that VARES database, uh, as we've quoted in the past on this show, um, they estimate that fewer than one percent of adverse events adverse events have been reported to VARES like fewer than 1%. So that kind of gives you an idea of what might actually really be going on. You know, um, mm-hmm. a critic familiar with Vera's shortcomings bluntly condemned Vera's in the BMJ as, quote, nothing more than window dressing and a part of the U.S. authorities' systematic effort to reassure slash deceive us about vaccine safety. I don't see how it would be reassuring at all. If anybody actually took the time to go through this database, they would not be reassured, (laughs) period. (laughs) It may not be entirely encompassing every single adverse event, but what it does show is 
you know, that's bad enough in itself. Yeah. And then already there are people that are talking about, oh, we're going to need a third vaccine. And already uh, yeah. other vaccine manufacturers have all these other mRNA vaccines, you know, ready and waiting, you know, voiced onto the public um, because they can be made very quickly and very cheaply yeah. uh, compared to other vaccines. So this is, uh, it's, a big money maker for them, but it's mm-hmm. a death sentence for humanity in general. Kind of seems that way. Well, yeah. I see we're kind of at our time here. Did you guys have anything to add? We could probably talk about this for another Besides, hour, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Holocaust 2.0. <laughs> Holocaust 2.0. Maybe that's what we'll call the show. I mean, even for the yeah. people who aren't dying, right? We've we've spoken about the people who are dying that. There's there's a bunch of people, or let's say fully grown adults who 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 aren't dying. They're getting a bunch of other side effects, right? So they're getting like anaphylactic mm-hmm. reactions. They're getting Bell's palsy, which we've spoken about. There's probably some permanent disability being caused. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. chronic neurological inflammation, neuropathy, issues like this. But but it's also the unborn who were also being killed off. Um, it brings to mind as part of one of the articles is talking about some of the events that have been um, reported 34 miscarriages, preterm births, right? 34. Now that brings to mind um, an article that I read about uh, quite a prominent medical doctor in the United States. Um, Let me just get this up. Her, she's got a bit of a following on Twitter, and she, throughout her pregnancy, um, she has been very kind of vocal about, uh, as an advocate for vaccination, how she advises that everyone should get vaccinated. Her name is Sarah Beltran Ponce, um, and mm-hmm. she, uh, she shared on Twitter a picture of herself. Um, getting the COVID-19 vaccine. It was the mRNA shot. And so, um, and so what did she specifically say? Have you got that? Have you got the article? I Damien? think you There's have to send it. I don't, I don't think I gave him that one, unfortunately. Right. I can put it in the chat here because it has some images of the tweet and it's, it's essentially showing that one of the days um, she gets this vaccine and literally look at her twitter account three days later three days later she um she she has a miscarriage she shares that on twitter so she was 14 weeks pregnant she got the vaccine she was very promotive of the vaccine you know she's telling everyone that she thinks that she should get it and that she feels perfectly safe safe as a, a um an expectant mother getting the vaccine even though the vaccine manufacturers have not said or have explicitly said that it's not necessarily safe for pregnant women. Pregnant women are still taking it, right? And so, uh, and, and so, yeah, she comes on a couple of days later. She says, thank you for everyone for your compassion and sympathies. Um, unfortunately, you know, what? I've, ha- I've had a, a miscarriage. So she lost a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another odd thing. I know we're a little over time, but some of these people whose relatives who have died after taking the vaccine, 
still advocate people getting the vaccine. There mm-hmm. was one family where the the husband worked in the hospital. This wasn't the doctor that died of the uh, COVID vaccine, but this guy, he worked in the hospital like 30 plus years and he was very excited to get the vaccine. And he ended up dying uh, maybe a couple days after he got the vaccine and his family wants the pharmaceutical companies to do more research, but they're not anti-vaccine. The yeah. mysterious thing is that people would still advocate people taking the vaccine if something like that happened to their relatives right after taking the vaccine and they were perfectly healthy beforehand. I just, I can't yeah. understand that. I wonder. It just shows the strength of of the the propaganda possibly or yeah i wonder if maybe there was some uh well i mean i shouldn't smear people like this i'm I'm not saying that this is what happened but it's possible that maybe you know some money exchanged hands or something like that (laughs) kind of you know i question whether you know it was edited or somebody you know, took liberties and wrote something and attributed to the family as them saying it well that's possible too yeah yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's hard to know what exactly is going on there. But it, it also wouldn't surprise me if people are just so um, steeped in the propaganda mm-hmm. that they they do actually um, they, they, they can't take the cognitive dissonance. It couldn't have been the vaccine. Yeah. No, it couldn't have been. Doctor said it wasn't so. But anyway, we really should wrap it up here. Uh, OK, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, We will be back next week with another amazing show. Uh, Thanks to my co-hosts and Damien. Be sure to like and subscribe and share this on every social media platform you participate in. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. See ya. Bye.